0: It's just wonderful to see Bill Russell with us. I could hardly believe that he's on Zoom with us. It's great to see you, Bill. And we thank the Lord for you. We've been praying so much for you. Been before the Lord so much for you to for Him to touch you with His healing hand. We've been praying for Graham. We've been praying for Nicola. We've been praying for the kids. We've been praying for all the family. It's just so wonderful. see you with us this morning and to have you, uh, Graham and Nicola, back with us and thank Andrew for the wonderful job he did uh, stepping in. We really appreciate that also. I just want to to speak this morning on God's protection. And uh, I'm not going to read right now, but if you have a Bible, you can get it ready. It's Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18. I've been thinking a lot this week and no doubt we all have, uh, again, about the coronavirus and really been before the Lord about what to share with you and what God wants me to say through his Holy Spirit. I've been in much prayer and much thought about that and the word protection has come to my mind a lot this week. And uh, the coronavirus, and what happens if we don't act responsibly. Now, I'm sure many of us have watched the news this week and we've seen what's happened in Aberdeen and the spike of coronavirus in Aberdeen. It is no respecter of persons. This is a worldwide weapon of mass destruction, and we need to really get a hold of that. And sadly, our In our own country, the folks in Aberdeen just seem to discard all sensibility and all sense of responsibility. And others have had to pay the price for that. I was also thinking, uh, to align with that, that Satan is exactly the same. He's a worldwide weapon of mass destruction. It's exactly the same spiritually as it is physically, as it is emotionally. The destroyer of families, you think of the families who have been touched by this negatively. Some families have almost been destroyed through this. And Satan would want to do the same thing to us, again, spiritually. But thank the Lord that we have the armour of God which we're going to read about in a wee while from Ephesians. I've also been thinking that in a strange way, in our church life, that these changing in circumstances that, that COVID-19 has brought, that as we look at our church life in relation to new beginnings and our own individual lives also, it gives us an exciting opportunity to focus on our vision and our ministry in Moody's Bourne and the surrounding areas in light of the new world we're in. Because life has changed so much, we need to adapt to that. We need to look at our vision. We need to look at our ministry. We need to look at how we do things. We need to look at our family, family life. We need to look at individual life. Now, I've been inspired this week by Brother Kenny Bothwick. And I would like to share just for a few minutes on a summary of Kenny Botwick's last two messages to New Beginnings. Because I believe his ministry has been inspired and it's really challenged me along with my dear brother Alec Russell's book, Hope Within Reach, which I've been dipping into also. Kenny inspired, Kenny's inspired ministry has as I said, has challenged me in my thinking about the new normal for us, both individually and in new beginnings, as we consider how we resume fellowship. When we resume fellowship? What will that be like? How will we endeavour to share the Lord with the community in our new normal? Who would ever expected life to be like this? I certainly didn't in my lifetime. On two occasions in the past week, I've been wakened all night to around six in the morning. Now, that's not new for me. I'm an insomniac. Anybody that knows me closely knows that sometimes I stay up all night because I can't get to sleep. But I've been listening to Kenny speaking to New Beginnings in his last two sermons. And it's challenged me and it's inspired me. And I'm going to summarize what he's been saying to New Beginnings and does as individuals. He's gently challenged us to be two things, a place of prayer and compassion. The Lord gave them these two words, prayer and compassion. Prayer for those in our fellowship who are eloquent, who are mature, who put up lovely prayers, and those who feel that they can hardly string two words together. God wants every one of us to be able to meet him in prayer. And to embrace the compassion and humility of Jesus. That's the second thing he said. And to reach those in need who feel marginalized by society. In relation to the word compassion, he focused on the second part of the word passion. And he just tried to convey convey that the Lord has a passion for compassion. So make sure that we embrace his compassion in our ministry and new beginnings, and individually. Kenny then challenged us, uh, like the old road safety slogan, to stop, to look, and to listen. If you remember, he spoke about the, Tuft- the Tufty Club, how uh, crossing the road was you looked right, you looked left, you looked right again, and then you crossed straight over if it was safe to do so. And then uh, that evolved into stop, look, and listen. And Kenny was exhorting us in New Beginnings to listen, as a leadership, to listen, as individuals in the fellowship, to listen to what God's saying to us during this unusual and unprecedented time. Kenny gently challenged each of us to be flexible and prepared to bend to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it quite amazed me because that day that Kenny spoke, in the background, his trees and his bushes were bending. It was a very strong wind. And I just thought, how amazing. God reinforces his message. These trees in the background in Kenny's garden were bending. And I just thought that they were, they were, it was almost a sign to us that they were bending like the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And Kenny was saying we need to be flexible and we need to bend to the leading of the Holy Spirit, not be rigid. And if relevant to new beginnings, to hand over our personal need for control, if we have that problem, hand it over to God. If we've got a need for control, hand it over to God. And what he said was that this could be a leader. It could be someone in fellowship or a group, or a faction in any church. Even people who present as being very spiritual and sanctimonious, spiritually elite, and he spoke about people uh, who had prayed for him in his fellowship, and he was quite concerned about these prayers because the prayers were actually manipulations, telling him what he should do better. Now, we need to be aware of Satan's subtle wiles. Kenny spoke about a vibrant church that he knew well that exists no more. It no longer exists. Do you know why? Because of power issues. He wasn't saying that about new beginnings. But he was telling us to be careful and be aware and take heed where we stand lest we fall. And of course, none of us want to believe that. I don't want to believe that I'm, I need to be in control of everything. I bought a, a used conservatory this week. Alan McBride, my son Andrew, Tommy Proctor, and myself went into Linwood to pick it up on Tuesday. It poured from the minute we left to the minute we come back. We were absolutely soaked, and I found out in that day that I had this desire. To control everything. Where the van should go, how it should be reversed to pick stuff up, where the pieces should go in the van, how they should be organised. And other people were there, like Tommy Proctor, like my son, like Alan McBride, who had a much better idea of how to do it than me. And other better suggestions were made. But I said, no, we'll just do it this way, we'll just do it that way, we'll just do it this way. I said to Margaret when I come home, Margaret, I didn't realise I turned into a control freak. I absolutely want everything done my way, even although I broke two, pl- two huge planes of gas, uh, glass in the process, and it was all my fault. And if I had done it other ways, it would have been much better. Brothers and sisters, I think as I get older, I become a bit of a natter. If it's not my way, it's not the right way. The old Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. And at the end of the day, you know that I'm speaking to myself. But in our fellowship, we need to bend and be flexible to the Holy Spirit. Kenny made it very clear that he holds new beginnings close to his heart. He has a hugely high regard for Graham. And his ministry to us is clearly in love. So what's your response? We need to have a response to that kind of ministry. We need to have a response to the stuff in Alec Russell's book, which I've been delving into. How do we respond to these challenges individually and collectively? Because we've all got a responsibility in New Beginnings. As we look to redefine our ministry, which we need to do, and we look to enlarge our vision. Don't let the coronavirus stop us from enlarging our vision. In view of this time of change. At 71 I don't feel like enlarging my vision because sometimes I'm done. I'm a bit done in with my personal circumstances but you know what? It dawned on me that Noah started to build the ark I think roughly when he was 600 years old. So God's got a message for us all young and old. So how do we respond to this ministry? To these challenges individually, collectively, redefining our ministry, how do we put meat in what Kenny was saying? And I know Bill and Graham and Kathy and Nicola will be having to look at new beginnings and the coffee house, respectively, and what the Lord would require of us in terms of our future ministry that just needs to change. Because on circumstances, I've been talking to a lot of friends in a lot of different churches And they're having to do the same. And maybe this strange time is a wonderful opportunity to galvanise, to inspire all at new beginnings to a larger vision, both individually and collectively. We need to do that, brothers and sisters. But you know something, and here's the big one. The enemy will attack us. Make no mistake about it. We must be aware of his attack. If we want to seek to see others saved, if we want individuals in our own fellowship to grow and develop spiritually, which we do, we need to be aware of the devil's attack. And that's probably the main reason I want to focus briefly. Not going to be long today. Amen, says a number of people quietly. I know that. During Paul's time in prison, he became well acquainted with the armory and the armor worn by his captors in the Roman army. So he used the metaphor and the analogy of soldier's armor to explain the importance of being prepared for the attack of the enemy. So what's this armor we need to put on in light of our new normal? that's going to exist whether it's this month next month before the end of the year or into the new year we need God's armor so if you quickly turn with me to Ephesians 6 10 to 18 and I'm going to make a number of short comments because I realize how difficult sometimes it is to concentrate when we're on zoom rather than there in person Paul writes to the Ephesian church verse 10, be strong in the Lord. Uh, chapter 6, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this bad world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. In other words, don't just stand your ground, but keep standing. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth. Buckle round your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Which, with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helm of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. We'll pray for Bill Russell. We've we'll prayed for Anne Marie's sister Tommy. Look at the results. It is mighty this morning. Both recovered in a mighty way. Prayer changes things, brother and sisters, and we need to keep bathing stuff in prayer before the Lord. Put armor they are on the armor of God and bathe it in prayer. So we're quickly going to look at the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. The shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. Don't don't worry, I'm not going to take a huge amount of time. The belt of truth. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now, I used to be a small in my waist, my belt. I then went on to a medium. I then went on to a large. And now I'm a wonderful XL. And I, and I blame Currie's for that. That's the real problem. But you know what? The important thing is, no, more, no matter what size this is, it's important that the belt of truth is wrapped around you. And that's what the soldiers did uh, at the time, the Roman time, which Paul Paul's talking about. The belt was there to carry other armour, their sword, their knife, etc., etc. Everything, everything was gathered in together. Because of the belt. And the scripture says. You'll know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Truth is inseparable from the life of Jesus. He defined himself as the way. The truth and the life. We need to embrace that. Satan would have you believe that you're lost. And you're without hope. And the truth is God's love and salvation has set us free. Let's embrace that, dear friends. We need to live white lives that are upright and honest and transparent without deceit. Integrity and honesty need to be vital in our Christian life as the evil one attacks us. People should know that Sandy Steen is someone they can depend on. Someone who talks the truth. And someone who stands up for the principles of Jesus Christ. They should know that. Maybe they don't always do, but they should. The breastplate of righteousness. Stand with the blessed breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of a soldier was sometimes woven in kind of chainmail, And it, it, it protected his vital organs, his heart, his stomach, his lungs, his liver, etc. You know, where the vital organs are. Christ's righteousness protects us against Satan's accusations. But bear in mind this is entirely the righteousness of Jesus. Because you say to me, Sandy, how can I be righteous when I'm the way I am? In fact, how can you be righteous when we know the way you are? And the Bible tells us all have sinned and come short of God's glory. None of us are fully righteous other than Christ Jesus. The bottom line is Satan wants into your heart to tell you how unrighteous you are. He's looking for a crack in the armour. He's the accuser. He wants to destroy new beginnings and everything in it. The breastplate of righteousness is our defence against dangerous and unexpected attacks. Quote, wait. What we sometimes call left-field attacks. We're not expecting them from the side or from the back. And we all need this because you know how sometimes we think things can't get any worse. Things can't get any worse. But you know what? They then do. They then do. How often have you said that in your life? Things can't get any worse. That's exactly when they get worse. The shoes of peace. Stand with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Soldiers marching into battle. They must have comfortable shoes. They had kind of sandals that were a bit like football boots with studs on them. And uh, they allowed them to stand firm and get ready for action. Solid footing, ready for movement. I remember when I was 12 climbing Ben Nevis. 12 years old with a pair of wee black plum Do you remember them? Remember the wee black plum souls you got? I remember climbing Ben Nevis with him. I had blisters for three weeks, I could hardly walk. I remember going home and saying to my mum, I'll need you to get a new pair of, pair of wee plums. We didn't call them trainers then. I'll need you to get a new wee, wee pair of plum souls, mum. She says, how? Oh. I says, there are holes in the bottom, I've been climbing Ben Nevis. She says, let me see them, son. Oh, She says, that's no problem. We'll do you for another two months. I'll just cut cardboard and put them in it for you, son. And that'll be your new souls. And, you know, that's how it was. So there I was walking about with not, not exactly prepared for the weather, with we, my wee plum souls, with cardboard soles. Have you ever seen women at a wedding? Now, I'm not being sexist here, but have you ever seen women at a wedding? They walk into the reception with their beautiful high heels on, their beautiful garments uh, displayed at the wedding reception. But see, when it comes to the party at night, there's one phrase between the wedding and the reception, I think that you'll hear out of every woman's mouth, my feet are killing me. And they take their shoes off. And for the party at night, they've not got the shoes on. Because you know what? The shoes were appropriate for the situation because they made them look good, but not when it came to the party, it's important that we've got the right footwear on to follow Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. You can only follow Jesus with the gospel of peace, brothers and sisters. In these tough times of coronavirus, Let's keep looking forward and thinking forward and thinking about the future and being prepared to walk where Jesus wants us to walk. I'm struggling with that at 70 year old when I've just wanted to sit down and drink tea and eat biscuits. But God's got another message for us be prepared. But you need to be prepared with the right shoes on. The shield of faith, in addition to all this, verse 16. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. In battle, the soldiers used to light the arrows and fire them in their bow, and they were they were they were destruction, destructive. And the shield was used to divert the arrows that would have burned them to death, these flaming arrows. The Lord knows that a wee spark. Can ignite a big fire. We've just seen that in Beirut, sadly, heartbreakingly. There's an old saying: "Feed a cold and starve a fever." But you know what? Here's the, here's the spiritual terms: feed your faith and starve your doubts. Feed your faith and starve your doubts. The helm of salvation will not belong. Stand with the helmet of salvation on verse 17. A soldier used a helmet to protect his head because if his head was wounded, he wouldn't be able to think. The head is the seat of thought and mind. Make no mistake about it, brothers and sisters, individually and your families and, ev- and, 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 and new beginnings. Satan's after your mind. One day, a couple of weeks ago, I felt really low, hopeless, a failure as a dad, and a husband, and a grandpa. No use to anybody in New Beginnings. No use to any friends. Satan was attacking this bit in here, that's what he does. I just felt, ah, no user. And then the Lord said to me, Sandy, we're transformed. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12, one, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be you trans. My daddy used to say, good stuff in, Sandy, rubbish out. Sometimes we need to keep rubbish out by pouring the good stuff in. But it's important that your head's covered. Tommy Proctor and myself went to the fort, often during near Christmas with Anne-Marie and Margaret, now, Anne-Marie and Margaret go to, like, the Marks and Spencer's and, you know, all these kind of high-class quality places. Tommy and I head for the two shops, the Pound Shop and Greg's, The Pound Shop and Greg's. And sometimes when you go in the floor, it is freezing. That doesn't matter to the woman. What they're getting is important to them. It matters to us, we're going into the pound shop. So what Tommy and I do, we've got our trousers on, we've got our big shoes on, we've got two T-shirts on, we've got two jumpers on, we've got two jackets on, and the jackets i we on have got hoods, and we've also got a tammy on underneath them. And we go to the pound shop, and then we go to Greg's. We well, were walking down one day, and we, we came face to face with Lorraine, and Lorraine actually thought she was meeting two aliens. She thought we were people from outer space because of how we looked. But we were protected to be able to sit at Greg's and sit outside in a November, December day and drink her tea and eat her wee cake. Or maybe I saw she's rolling a wee cake, whatever takes her fancy. But we're protected. Nancy wears her fancy tea, cozy hats in the church doesn't she? When we go in to the coffee house, before she goes out to her car on a wet and windy day, she puts on her beautiful, tea, cosy hats. That's, that's just how I would describe them. They're wonderful, tea, cosy, fancy hats. She then goes out to her car and she's protected. However, I want to say something, brothers and sisters. Sometimes Satan wants to attack us. And cause doubts even regarding our salvation. Do you know, I'm going to tell you something. For this, Nancy's heart and her tamis won't work. We need a crash helmet. Sometimes Satan attacks us in such a way that you need a crash helmet. And I was just thinking in my wee vision of, as all the new beginnings could we get back. I'm kind of laughing because sometimes I think silly things. As all walking about with crash helmets on with our masks on, letting Satan know that we've got the victory. And lastly, the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The Word of God is sharper than any any two-edged sword. This is the only offensive weapon in the Christian's armory the word of God, the sword of the spirit. We need to get into the word to be able to look to see where we need protected. David wrote, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The most effective weapon that God has given us is the sword of the spirit. Use it. You can only use it if you read it. You can only know it if you read it. If you've been struggling with that over COVID, trying and into God's Word. And lastly, bathe everything. Bathe everything in prayer. Prayer is not necessarily part of the armory of God, but everything that we do regarding the armory and the armour of God needs to be bathed in prayer. Praying always with all, all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Often I've prayed, and I believe, I've not necessarily been in the spirit, I'm just closing now. But we need to be in the spirit, brothers and sisters. So we've looked at the armory of God, and this is our spiritual armor against the wiles of Satan. We'll need it as we look forward, brothers and sisters, we will need it as we look forward. So in conclusion, the coronavirus has had a huge impact on us. Individually, in our families, in our work, and in New Beginnings. There will be those of us in New Beginnings that have been wounded. A couple of weeks ago, I felt severely wounded. This morning, before I come on here, an attack of Satan, I felt really wounded. That wasn't to to do with not getting on. It was something else. There's those of us that have being wounded physically, mentally, spiritually, and every other way that we can think of during this strange, unusual time. As we consider the way forward individually, in our families, and in our church fellowship, may we be protected. Lord, protect our leaders. Protect everyone in the fellowship. Let us come together united in body, soul, and spirit and take hold of the truths of the, the living, powerful, and wonderful Jesus. Absolutely, lastly, in responding to Kenny Botwick's Holy Spirit-inspired ministry exhortations. The devil will be on the offensive. The devil will not be on the offensive if we don't try to apply them. But they they are so powerful and I want each of you, I shouldn't be saying this because it's not my responsibility to do this, but I would love each of you to go in and listen to Kenny's last two messages. You will be inspired and challenged as we look forward in new beginnings. Not in a defeated way, but in a victorious way. The devil will be offensive but we already have the victory in Jesus who will be with us each step of the way. Let us move forward in a united way that this new coronavirus galvanizes us together, brings us together, that we speak with one voice, that each voice in the fellowship is listened to because each voice in this fellowship is one who bends to the Holy Spirit And yields to the Holy Spirit. Pray especially for our leaders that God blesses them. And that the Lord is with them. Because there is a big responsibility. For the future. And as we look forward. But let's be excited about that responsibility. Let's be enthused about it. Don't allow the evil one to beat us because we've got the victory. Let us move forward in hope and in joy and in love and together in Jesus' name. Amen.